Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night. I don't even need to introduce this. Everyone knows how big of a Scream fan I am. And I have one of the stars of the new movie with me, Melissa Barrera. Hello. I am so beyond thrilled to have you on the show. I am so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much. So I didn't warn you about our first order of business here. We play with this dice tower behind me. I have eight random questions and I roll the die three times and whatever we land on, that's what we start with. Okay. Sounds great. All right. First one. We've got a number five. Five is slasher survival. Okay. You have to go one-on-one with an iconic slasher of your choice. Who do you pick that gives you the best chance of surviving? Would it be... I don't know. Michael Myers? Michael Myers? I don't know. There's no right answer to this question. Yeah, I feel like I would die... Obviously, very quickly in with in every scenario because I'm an idiot and I would believe that I could take them and I would go straight at them and I would immediately be stabbed and die. That's the reality. Okay. I, I always feel super powerful in moments of great stress and I end up getting hurt or falling or doing something stupid. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't survive. I definitely wouldn't be a final girl in any scenario. I feel like that's to your benefit that at least you know that going into it. Oh, 100%, 100%, yes. Very realistic. All right, I got your second roll here. All right, this time we are going with a number three, which is scary movies. What is the scariest movie you have ever seen? Oh my gosh, I feel like the scariest movie that I saw at the age that I saw it, because I feel like age influences a lot how how a movie impacts you. And when I, when I saw the first Saw movie, it really messed with my mind. 
I was a fan of, of scary movies before that, and then that movie kind of turned me away from the genre for a while because I really was very... It really just fucked with my brain. It, I, I was like, oh, I did not know that scary movies were like this. And it was so... Such a, like, mind games, but then it was also so brutal and so... Um, explicit in what it showed and I think at the time I don't know when it came out but I was like a teenager I was like maybe 13 or 14 and it was an it was a lot so I blame Saw for turning me away from horror movies for for over a decade and then doing this movie kind of turned me back into my love of the genre that's what I love to hear it all comes back to scream yep you got one more roll in the tower here. Okay. We've got a number one. Number one is movie and TV skills. So if you could learn a new skill or about a different profession through a role, what would you pick and why? <sighs> I would love to learn either like martial arts, something with a martial arts, a language or an instrument. That, I would love that. And I love, I, I honestly love having to train for a role. It's one of my favorite parts. And I think it's the easiest way to get into a character is having to learn a new skill that you attribute to the character that's not yours. At least that's what I do. I kind of separate myself and I'm like, Melissa doesn't know how to do this, but this character knows how to do this. My mind is exploding with options for you now. It's like, just because it just came out, the first thing that came to my mind is like, you need to get cast in Cobra Kai now. <laughs> oh my God, I love that show. So good. So good. All right, let's get into the main portion of the interview now. I like to start way, way back at the very beginning. What is the movie, the performance, the personal experience, whatever it may be, that first made you say, I have to be an actor? Um, I think my way into acting happened through singing first. I originally wanted to be a singer. I just wanted to be like a pop star. There was this show back in Mexico that was like kind of like an American Idol for kids that was very popular on TV and a neighbor of mine got cast in it and so I, I would like watch the shows every Sunday and he would sing and the kids got so famous and then the kids that came out of that show would then do telenovelas, like kids telenovelas and would act. And so my path was like, oh, I wanna, I wanna get into that competition show so that then I, I get to do telenovelas and I can sing and act. It was like a combination. There were always musical telenovelas. So that's how I first discovered that that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, and I would audition and I would never get cast. So eventually I was like, that's not, that's not for me. And, and then I fell in love with theater. And, and that became my like life goal. I, I was like, I wanna do Broadway. I wanna go to school for musical theater. I wanna do Broadway. I'm gonna graduate and I'm gonna book a Broadway show and I'm gonna live in New York and that's gonna be my life. That's what I thought. So at that point, why did you decide to study that craft in a formal setting at school rather than you know just try to jump right in and audition for anything you could? Well, I tried, I would audition for stuff all the time in Mexico and I wouldn't get cast. And so I understood very early on that you need to train and you need to be prepared for the opportunities and you need to 
hone your skills so that you're ready for the opportunities when they present themselves to you. And so I never thought about skipping training. I always just thought that's a natural progression. I need to go to school for it. I need to get really good at my craft and then I'll graduate and then I will start working. And that for me was just, that's the way that life is. I never thought of like, Let's just skip it and go and go move straight to Hollywood and like book something. I, I, I wanted to train. So when did the focus start to shift from musical theater to, I mean, you're still tapping into your entire skill set in the work that you're putting out there, but when did that focus shift from stage work to film and television? I think I just kind of fell into it. I was, I was in New York. I was going to school for musical theater at NYU. And during a summer vacation, after my sophomore year, um, I went back home and I went and I auditioned for this singing competition show that was, actually now that I'm talking about it, it was like a version of the kids show that I always wanted to do, but this was for adults. And so I auditioned for it and I got cast. And, and I decided that I would go through with it instead of saying no and going back to NYU. I was like, this feels like an important opportunity that I need to take advantage of. And being an international student in the US, I didn't have working papers. Like I couldn't get cast in something and start working and get paid. That's That wasn't an option for me. So I knew that the, the path was gonna be a little more complicated. And I thought in that moment, I was like, maybe this is the path. Maybe I have to start working in Mexico first and then cross over. And so that's where it began. I, I started singing and then I started doing telenovelas, which is exactly what I wanted to do as a kid. And I had never thought about it until this moment. I feel like you're ultimately ticking all the boxes yeah. that you set out to achieve. Yeah, it's crazy. What is, what's something about working on those telenovelas that you think really helped you when you moved on to projects like Vita in the Heights and then some, but then on the other hand, what's something that was just like totally different about working with the Showtimes and the Warner Brothers and the Paramounts of the world that all that experience could never have prepared you for? Well, I feel like the... The reason that I'm very grateful that I started in telenovelas and that that was my first TV acting experience is that there's nothing harder. There's no longer hours, no harder like uh, shifts, uh, if you could call them that, than when you're shooting a telenovela. I think things have changed now, but in 2011 when I first started, it was like shooting 16, 18 hour days. We would shoot 30 scenes a day. And it was just like nonstop. And you were like, you were shooting things that then you would see that night airing on television. Like just the rhythm of work was the hardest thing I've ever done. And, and I'm glad that that was my first experience because that became normal for me. I didn't know anything else. And so everything that I did after that just seemed so easy. You know, everything was like, oh, we're not working Saturdays. Oh, okay. We're just working Monday through Friday. We're just doing 12 hours. Cool. Are you okay with pushing your call, uh, with like forcing your call for an hour? So instead of getting a uh, 12 hour turnaround, you get 11 or 10. I was like, 
listen, I didn't used to get any turnaround. I used to like be able to sleep for four or five hours and then have to go right back to work. So everything just feels easy. And, and I'm glad that that was my first experience because it really made me have a work ethic and discipline and a really good memory. I feel like I have a privileged memory because I had to learn 30 scenes a day. And there's a thing called like an earpiece, a chicharro in Mexico that a lot of people use so that they don't have to learn the lines because asking people to memorize 30 scenes a day is ridiculous. But I never liked having a thing like a voice in my ear. So I would always just memorize everything. And now I can learn, I can learn things like that. I have like photographic memory thanks to that. So I'm, I'm grateful because all of that prepared me for everything that I'm doing now and to really be able to enjoy what I'm doing now because I have more, it feels like more spacious and we have more time to do it. Very random, but just because I'm curious now. So you could remember all of that stuff for the scenes you have to do, but are you the type of person where you memorize all that and then it just like floats away after it's done? Or do you really remember all of that stuff like years later or important lines? Important lines I will remember. I think I do have like a selective memory. There are things that I put in a certain part of my brain that is like, that you can just click empty trash and it goes away and then there's another part of my brain. But my husband always jokes because he also has a very good memory, but he has a very good memory for like events and dates and like things that we've gone through and lived through. And sometimes I don't remember as much as him in that sense. So he's like, how can you have such good memory for like work and not for life? And I just, I don't know. It's just the way that my brain works. If I can associate something with a movie, I can remember that life event because I know that it happened around the time I saw this movie. Oh yeah, 100%. I'm like that too. <laughs> All right, let's touch on In the Heights, which I absolutely loved. What would you say is your biggest takeaway from doing your very first like major studio movie? Ah, uh, doing, I mean, being a part of In the Heights was such a dream come true. It was another... It was another example of like manifestation in life because I, while I was at NYU, I, I would go and watch In the Heights so often and I would take everyone to watch it and I would audition every open call that they held. I was there in line at 6 a.m. ready to sing eight bars and hope for a call back and it never happened. And I just, in that moment, I thought, this is my musical. This is, this is me. Like I know that I can play Vanessa and I'm ready at 19, I felt that, and I wasn't, obviously. I was super green and I was and I was not. I didn't have the skills and I didn't have the preparation. And 10 years later, I get cast in the movie and it just feels like I was, I was calling for it and putting it out in the universe with everything that I was doing to like get it back then. And it eventually came around. And so it was just, it was incredible. It was incredible for me. It was such a dream come true. And the whole experience of shooting the movie, training, uh, learning the choreography, and spending five months in New York in the streets of like Washington Heights shooting it was uh, surreal and beautiful. And uh, I'm very proud of that. You should be. This is a movie that we should be talking about more right now, in my opinion. Let's get into Scream. I want to ask about the audition process. And I just like, I have a million and one questions about what it means to audition for a Scream movie. Like, 
I don't know, uh, how much do you know about the character that you're playing the first time you go in? Uh, what type of scene do they have you audition with? Is it more of a like a one-on-one -on -one conversation or is it a scare scene? Just tell me anything. My, my story with Scream is interesting and unexpected. It was very surprising for me. I was, it was in the middle of the pandemic, summer of 2020. We were like in the thick of it. We all thought that it was gonna last two weeks to a month and then it was gonna be over and we're in the middle of summer. No one can go out and like do the normal things or vacation and travel. We're all stuck inside, all sad and depressed, at least I was. And I was like, when am I ever gonna work again? And I get a call from my team and they're like, they're, they're making another Scream movie. And I was like, they're making another one? Like how long has it been since the last one? It's been 10 years. And they were like, yeah, they're making another one and there's a part that you're very right for. They're still like, they're seeing, they're, they're making a list of like potential actresses and we're pitching you and I was like, okay. And, um, and they were like, are you interested? Are you like, would you, do you like Scream? And I was like, I love Scream, I, yes. And, uh, and they were like, okay, we're gonna keep pushing. And then like a few weeks later, they're like, now they have a list of actresses, you're in that list. Um, and they want to audition you guys via Zoom. And I had already done like a couple of auditions via Zoom. Auditions are already the worst thing in the world. They're so nerve wracking. It's so unfair to like ask someone to show you all their skills in like uh, two minutes and you know, not act with another actor because it's usually a reader. Like it's just the worst possible scenario to showcase if you're good or not. And then add the technology of like you're on a screen. I was like, what is this audition gonna be like? Like, are, am I gonna be acting like a chase scene? Like sitting at a desk with a screen? Like I was just like thinking of the worst possible scenario and thinking that I was gonna feel so stupid in front of a computer doing that. Are they gonna have me like yelling? Like, I was just like, I don't wanna scream at a computer, at a monitor, you know, their, their, their audio is gonna like blow out and they're, it's gonna be awful. So they were like, we're gonna get you a script. And I was like, yeah, I wanna read the script first. I wanna see what the part is. Um, Cause they were secretive up until that point. They sent me the script, obviously with an alternate ending. It wasn't the ending that we end up having in the movie. But I read the script and I loved the, the part. I loved Sam. I thought it was a very interesting character, a complicated character. I always gravitate towards like troubled uh, women that have like some kind of trauma. I think they're more interesting. And I was like, I love this. I thought the script was really good. I binged watched the first four movies. They're like, they're gonna have you uh, audition on Thursday, but we're trying to get you to meet with the directors on Wednesday or on, or on Tuesday. I don't remember, like at, at some point before the audition. So I was like, okay, I, I met with Matt Tyler, Chad, William, our producer and, and Jamie, one of the writers via zoom. And it was just a casual, you know, like getting to know you kind of, I want to see their vision for this, for the script. I want to see their vision for the character so that I can do well in my audition. And we just, and it ended up being like an hour and a half zoom of just talking about life and scary movies and the movies that we like. And, and funnily they asked me like, do you remember a movie that really scared you and scarred you? And I was like, yeah, what was this called? Like, I didn't remember the title of the movie but I remembered that it was about a tooth fairy, like a scary tooth fairy. 
And at the time when I watched it, I my room was in a mezzanine and and the creature would fly up and, and like through the window you could see it and it was a Dementor type of creature. And so I remember describing that and they all start laughing. And I'm like, what's going on? And they were like, is that is it Darkness Falls? And I was like, yes, that's it. That's the movie that traumatized me. And they were like, Jamie was like, that's the first movie that I wrote. And William was like, that's the first movie that I produced. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And if I were a, if I were a better actor and a more prepared, I would have known that. Like I would have researched them and I would have known that that's the movie that they did. But I didn't, it was like completely spontaneous. Anyway, I loved them and I was like, this movie is gonna be a blast. Like I can tell that it's gonna be special because of them and, and I just hope that I get to be a part of it. I hung up, I started preparing for my audition. The next day I get a call from my team and they're like, um, so we got a call from, from Project X and from Radio Silence and uh, apparently your Zoom went really well and I was like, okay, cool, because I really like them. They're like, yeah, 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 they offered you the part. And I was like, what? They were like, yeah. They just offered you the part. You're not, you don't have to audition anymore. I was like, are you... That was the first time that that ever happened in my life. And I was just... In that moment, I was so happy and so relieved that I didn't have to audition. But I was also petrified because I was like, now when I show up and they see me act, what if they hate me and they fire me on the spot? You know, like I was... It was just like a whole mix of emotions. And, and then I had to do a Zoom audition with Jenna. Uh, they were casting, you know, someone to play my sister and they, they had a few actresses and I had to read with them and I just, I considered that my audition as well and I just bombed. I just felt like I sucked. I was like, they're for sure gonna fire me after this. Um, and they didn't, thank God. <laughs> I love the sister element of the movie. As someone who is obsessed with Scream and also very close with her sister, it was very exciting to see that introduced to my favorite horror franchise. All right, let's talk a little bit about lessons learned from this because I know you've got another horror movie lined up. So what would you say is, you know, a new tool in your acting toolkit, so to speak, that you can attribute to Scream that you are eager to apply to future horror films? Um... I think what I learned most in Scream, and it was more in the behind the scenes camaraderie aspect of it, I learned how fun it is to make a scary movie. Sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with material that's so dark and so heavy and so traumatic as an actor, and I used to do this all the time, I would like feel like I have to be in that headspace to deliver. And so I would literally like just isolate myself on set and like go away and I wouldn't talk to anyone and I would, you know, from the moment I woke up in the morning if I had like a, a very emotional scene or a very like, uh, you know, a, a exhausting scene and like, uh, como se dice ajetreada, I don't, I don't know the English word, but like something that requires a lot of me emotionally, I would just shut down because I, I thought that I had to like save energy to be able to deliver that. And it made me not have fun sometimes, you know, cause you're in that awful headspace for a really long time when you don't have to be. And I learned in Scream to trust myself that I can get to the places that I need to get to 
without having to like be serious and sad and like in that headspace behind the scenes. And uh, and I took that when I, I just shot, I finished shooting Bed Rest, which comes out in July. And, uh, and it was such a challenge for me to do that role. Such a contained thriller, but very reliant on my character's journey and my point of view. So it's the camera always in my face, basically. And it was, it could have been a lot. Like I could have been destroyed after that movie and I was very exhausted obviously because it was a lot but I but I also had a lot of fun and that's something that I took from Scream. I love hearing that so much. My time is winding down and I'm not gonna miss out on the opportunity to geek out a little with you here so I know I know you know your Scream. So, so first, I've got to ask you the obvious question. Can you rank the other four movies for me? And I, I'm someone who absolutely adores all four of them. So the ranking, it's like, I still love them all. I literally just watched them with my whole family over the last week. So I, they're so fresh in my mind. And this time around, I'm very surprised. I even surprised myself that I feel like I loved three so much more than I ever did. I I used to think that three was my least favorite one out of the four. And now I think it's I think it's like tied with the first one. Oh, it's wow. just it's just so it feels like it lives in a in almost like a different tone as the other ones. It's a little bit more um campy and and some of the characters are a little bit more over the top and obviously it's like Hollywood. And it's and it's you know characters and in in the industry and it's so so funny. I just thought it was so funny, and I don't know. Now it has a special place in my heart. So I don't know if I can rank them. I guess if I could rank them, it would be one and three. Okay. And then and then oh my god. And then four, and then four, and then two. I feel I like, it. I feel like, but it changes, you know, with each watch, it changes. You find different things, and depending on, like, your mood, you like different ones. There's there's no wrong answer to that question. Yeah. I have to leave. I, like, I have so many more questions I could ask you right now. I love hearing about your journey, and I absolutely adore this new Scream movie. So you already know I'm a diehard fan. It means a lot to me to have this added to my favorite franchise out there. So thank you and congratulations. Thank you so much. So nice talking to you, and hopefully we can talk more and we can <sighs> geek out more together. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I need to talk about spoilers. <laughs> Oh, let's do it. Let's do it once once the movie's out been out for a while and like all in all the world, then we can then we can talk about everything. I've been bursting at the seams all day. Whenever they let me, I am there for it. All right. Amazing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.